0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to com. I am joined here with Dennis and our newest employee, Jose, and we are joined here with former WWE superstar and TNA knockout, Katarina Waters. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, we're so excited to have you. Um, so I guess we'll start out with your indie work. Um you just got back from BEW's International Grand Prix 2017. How was that? I heard you won the title, but unfortunately I lost it in the final.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I
2: was champion for a day. For a day, yeah. <laughs> the biggest thrill of my life. <laughs> no, it was really great. It was, um, so it was an all-women's tournament from girls all over the world, really. I mean, you had Tony Storm, who's, you know, she lives in England, but she's from uh, Australia, and that was my first opponent. And then a few of us from here from America, Santana Garrett was there, and Dizzy Dorata. and um, then a lot of English girls, Casey Owens, and just a whole bunch of really amazing girls. And then um, on the second day, they had a little tryout for some trainees, and a couple of them then you know got a spot on the show. And I was just watching everybody train. I was going, this is incredible. When I started, there was me you know, in the promotion that I worked for in England and I was wrestling the guys because there was literally no women there. And then there was uh, two other women in England really that competed uh, seriously. And, you know, and that was it. And then everything's evolved so much from then. It's really amazing to see.
0: That's awesome. I mean, um, did anyone stand out to you or did they all stand
2: out to you? (laughs) Oh, yes. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, everybody really. Tony Storm, who was uh, my first opponent on the first day, she's really amazing. She's got such, such a spunky personality to go with, like, her amazing wrestling ability. Um, so that was really awesome to, you know, see and experience. And you know, it was made for a great opponent. And then Casey Owens, who wrestled the second day, I guess she's one of their best, you know, talents. And I could see why, you know, she ended up winning, you know, the championship and everything. And then from here, you know, I'm a really big fan of Daisy DeRaza, you know, as part of the Arrow Club. Um, she's Native American, so that's sort of all part of her persona. And she has this amazing, you know, presence in the ring and this amazing ring entrance. And I'm really a big fan of hers.
0: Yeah, she's definitely that's... coming up in California, I think.
2: Mm hmm.
1: That's exactly. awesome. Now, we really want to start back at the beginning. You kind of mentioned a little bit that back when you were wrestling in England, there was really no girls around at the time. Can you just kind of talk about uh, what that beginning was like and what really made you interested in wrestling in the first place? Well,
2: I mean, I've been been a fan for a few years, you know, watching it on, on TV and everything. And I just, I'm just one of those people when I see something that I really like and I go. Oh, you know what? That would be cool to try. So I really, when I found out that you could, there was that there was actually schools that you could learn all that stuff. Um, you know, I just I just really wanted to go and learn it. At the beginning, at the beginning, that was really my goal was just to go and experience it. And I will never forget my first training session where I'm just, you know, people are just doing simple suplexes and things, and I'm just staring at them, going this is incredible. I thought this only existed, you know, in a faraway land on television and here I'm about to learn how to do this. And I was just so thrilled. So yeah, it was pretty amazing. Well, I uh,
3: kind of transitioned to some of the more uh, current independent bookings uh, you've been doing. We did notice that you were also competing over at uh, what culture pro wrestling in England. How was that experience?
2: Oh, it was fantastic. It was a really great company to work for. Uh, that was last year. I happened to be in England because I was shooting uh, Redcon 1, which is a zombie movie that's coming up. It's in post-production now. Anyways, I was over there anyways, and I had a couple of weeks off. And then Alex Shane hooked me up and said, hey, you know, this is promoters, and they're interested in having you wrestle for them. So I went up there. And it was just a really great show. And I guess they're really successful. You know, they're a really growing fan base. And they were, you know, nothing but professional and just a great company to work for.
0: Yeah, they're definitely big and big on YouTube and everything. Um, Alex Shane got you into that company. Um, you trained with him in the beginning of your career.
2: How was that? Yeah, well, to be honest, I didn't do a whole bunch of like actual training with him. Um, it was more, he'd recruited me for FWA. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we became really good friends and everything. Um, the actual, when I really went... Training, training in the ring. I did with Mark Sloan in Portsmouth. Um, And then from Alex Shane, I sort of more, I went to a couple of his seminars and things like that. And then what I more learned from him was about, you know, in-ring psychology and character work and, you know, how to get a gimmick over and stuff like that. I mean, he's got a brilliant mind for wrestling. You know, to this day, you know, when I speak to him or if I see him, you know, there's still so much. He's always ahead of the curve. He's always thinking ahead of the curve you know, with what what can he do with wrestling that would be unexpected or that's outside of the box. And so, you know, so he's somebody that I really admire, and he's sort of become a mentor in many different aspects of my life, really. Right, and
0: did he kind of help you go outside the box? Because I feel like with you, you've always had these gimmicks and stuff during wrestling that aren't cookie-cutter. You're always different and you go outside the box. Did he inspire that in you, or...?
2: Um, I don't know if he specifically inspired that. I think I, personally, am also always looking for something. Mm -hmm. You know, I was always looking for something to set me apart or or to be different, you know? So I'm sure, you know, he was an influence on me in that respect, but I think I also have that in me, too. So maybe a mixture of both. Yeah, definitely.
0: And... You talked about shooting a zombie movie. Uh, yes. What What made you want to do more acting roles and kind of spread your wings in the acting world?
2: Well, the original plan was always to be an actress, mm-hmm. really, since I was young. I mean, after I finished school, I, I, went, I grew up in Germany, so I went to school in Germany, and then I actually moved to England to go to university to study film and drama, specifically. Um, so that was my game plan way before wrestling even came along. Um, so and I'd, you know, I'd gone to university. I did a degree in film and drama, and then I moved to London, and I was pursuing it there as well. And then the wrestling thing you know, started as a hobby and just kind of started to turn into something that I could you know, have as a career, which I hadn't necessarily considered before. And it just took off. Kind of. And then, you know, when I was released from WWE, I just thought, you know what, it's time to. Because it was always something that I still wanted to do. But when you're with WWE, you're sort of, that, you know, you're, I mean, you're there full time. Right. You know, you, they own you pretty much 24-7, sort of <laughs> thing. Um, so it's harder to branch out while you, it's still there. And then once that was no longer an issue, I thought, yeah, it's time now to, you know, to go out to LA and re- we learned that career path.
1: So I'd love to talk a little bit about your time in WWE that you just mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. Can you kind of tell us what it was like, um, you know, just getting signed and going to OVW at the time? How did that whole process come about?
2: Um, well, originally they had, they had these open tryout applications on their website, and I can't remember how I saw it, but when I saw it, I thought, well, I might as well try this. You know, I felt like it would be an opportunity that I, that I shouldn't miss necessarily. Uh, so I would signed up for one of the open tryouts in Manchester. And then I went and we did some training in the ring and everything, but I never heard anything back. And then a few months later, I was on an independent show in England and Tommy Dreamer was actually there. Um, and then we were chatting and he'd know that I'd been... Uh, to do this tryout, and he was working in the office at the time. So he said to me, Well, if we come back over, you know, give me a call and I'll, I'll get you back in, you know, to do another tryout sort of thing. So then when they came back over, I plucked up all my courage and gave him a call and said, Can I come? And he said, Sure. And then I didn't know it, but I got booked as an extra and I even got paid. Uh, and nice. So, which I wasn't expecting, but then I was there, you know, for a couple of days, and then I did a couple of promos, and I got to train up, you know, workout in the ring a little bit, and then Johnny Ace pretty much hired me on the spot. Wow. And um, then obviously it took a few months after that to get my visa and everything, which was nerve wracking, and then you know made the big move.
3: All right, and then uh, while you were in uh, OVW during that time, you did manage to capture the OVW Women's Championship uh, twice. Uh, what was the experience like uh, finding out that you're going to uh, be the company's uh, women's champion at the time?
2: Well, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty amazing feeling, you know, because it was or is, well, it was. It's no longer really the same uh, promotion, but it was really prestigious place to be, you know, to begin with, and it was known as, you know, talent-wise not necessarily – you know, secondary sort of thing. And so I was very honored. And also, especially because Al Snow and Danny Davis were running it, and I just had the ultimate respect for both of them. And that in their opinion, I was worthy of holding the title was, you know, was awesome. And then we just had such great women to work with at OVW at the time, you know. So it was was really great. And
0: also in OVW, you had a feud with Beth Phoenix that, Mm -hmm. and then you had in well in the first time in WWE under the WWE umbrella a ladder match, um how how was that experience getting told you were gonna be in the first ever woman's ladder
2: match and like under the WWE umbrella? Well, I mean that was that was exciting too. You know, everything that I just said and then double that sort of thing. <laughs> you know? I mean first of all, you know, working with Beth Phoenix was obviously always a pleasure and it was always amazing you know just her, her in-ring work and then her attitudes towards wrestling as a whole and specifically women's wrestling was always so she was one of those people who was always fighting for all of us you know she was never you know selfish or never it was it wasn't about her and about her spotlight Is it was always about empowering you know the women's division as a whole and doing the best that she could and the best that we could you know to show you know, what kind of power women can have, you know, so I was always a very, very much of a we instead of she with her, which was, you know, still inspires me to this day, you know, so she would have that ladder match with her was an honor and, you know, just made it, I guess, made it more special. And just having a ladder match in general, you know, it's one of those things that you want to take off your list. You go, you know, yeah, I got to do a ladder match, you know
1: that's awesome um on that note and kind of going a little bit further we know that beth phoenix has been inducted into the hall of fame
2: Mm -hmm. Um, what are kind of your thoughts on that well i mean clearly you know she more than deserves it through everything that i just mentioned you know just as somebody who who loves wrestling so much and who was always so completely dedicated and passionate about you know wrestling as an art form and you know that's they always say about people that come to hopefully leave wrestling a better place. And she was one of those people. That was her motto as well. Or at least I, I believe that that's what she helped do, you know, for the women to fill the women's division.
1: For sure. So on that note, um, you know, going past OVW, you eventually get called up to the main roster. Yes. Um, what was kind of your feelings on getting paired with Paul Burchill?
2: Well, I sort of pushed for that to be honest. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Because we'd, um, some of the writers would come down every now and then and watch us do matches in the ring and things like that. And they would pair us up at random and give us matches. And at one point I was paired up with Paul, you know, sort of as his ballet. And, uh, and I thought, wow, this feels really good. This could work, you know, and I was a big fan of his work. Anyways, he was one of the people in OBW where I was like, yeah, he's, he's incredible. And so, yeah, so I was really, I was happy about that.
3: Yeah, and then you guys did have a lot of chemistry. I've noticed that, uh, especially when it translated into uh, when you both debuted on TV, or in Paul's case, we debuted in 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you guys uh, debuted on Raw, how did that feel, uh, knowing that you finally made it to the limelight that is WWE television?
2: It's kind of surreal, you know? It's like, on the one hand, it's it's overwhelming, and on the other hand, it's it almost like you have to make it feel normal because otherwise you're too nervous to go through with it or something, you know, but I think once we walked out there, it was just a really amazing feeling to be in front of that crowd. And I think I was glad that I didn't wrestle on my debut cause that would have made me more nervous. Um, but instead, you know, to have a promo and just to be able to perform, I was more comfortable to begin with. So I was very happy about that too. Did you find it more comfortable to be
0: eased into the in-ring role, where you were started out as kind of like a manager, and then you had mixed tags, and then you slowly got into more singles competition?
2: Um, I think so. Just because, as in general, all through my career and even today, I would say I get a lot more nervous wrestling than I do, say, you know, doing a promo or something like that. So I think for being on WWE, it did make it easier, you know, even though i had been wrestling for so long, you know, it wasn't like I was a a new wrestler. Like I just learned I'd already been wrestling for, I don't know, like six, seven years, something like that. So it would have been a, a natural role for me to progress into. And I just think for myself, I, I I liked being a character first and then wrestling second.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, I know I was really excited to see you kind of get this push and go into this feud with Mickey James. Yes. Um, could you kind of talk about that and kind of how that was like kind of working on that feud with her?
2: Yeah, I mean, Mickey James is, uh, again, she's also, she's like Beth Phoenix, one of those people that wants to work for the match and for both girls. And for the women's division as a whole, you know, she's, again, she's not selfish. She's not, it's not about her spotlight. And she's actually, you know, going back to my tryout, she was actually, um, got in the ring with me backstage or, you know, before the show, she was the one girl that came up to me and said, Hey, do you want to work out in the ring a bit? You know, and sort of tried me out and put a word in with, for me, uh, with Johnny Ace. So wow. I sort of, you know, I sort of, over my job a little bit as <laughs> well. <myself. laughs> You know, Um, so she's she's just one of those. She's about empowering people that she works with and everything. So, I was gonna have a feud with somebody. She would be, you know, at the top of the list as well to work with. So I was gonna. So on
1: that note, that feud Mm -hmm. culminated to wrestling for the women's championship at Night of Champions. Yes. Um what was kind of that feeling like being on a pay-per-view and especially knowing that
2: there's usually that one woman's spot at
1: that time. What was it like being there in that?
2: It was great. I mean, just to, yeah, like you said, just to have that one woman's spot on a pay-per-view that in itself, you know, was a brilliant, just brilliant feeling. To be honest, it wasn't my favorite match that we had, unfortunately. Um, But it just, to be in that spot
3: was incredible. For sure. Well, uh, not too long after that, I believe it was from uh, the beginning of 2000, After drafted over to ECW. Uh, how did it feel uh, changing from uh, one roster over to another, let alone a smaller brand just like ECW was?
2: Yeah, I mean, I didn't mind the move, you know. Um, sometimes moving to a smaller brand it doesn't have to be a bad thing, just depending on what you're going to do when you're there. And when we were at ECW, my one of my favorite things that we ever did was to work with a Boogeyman, and so that was enabled by our move. It was just a shame that that got got cut short, because I think that would have been that could have ended up in something really, really great.
3: Definitely. And then, uh, oh, go ahead, Casey. You you can go ahead. <laughs> Oh, I was just going to say, because uh, during that time, we did see Alicia Fox and DJ Gabriel at the time uh, just uh, start like a mini rivalry with you and Paul. So how was yes. it uh, establishing that kind of dynamic uh, with Alicia Fox at the time?
2: Well, Alicia, I'd I'd worked with an OVW since I got there. And she was very green when I got there. And we, we'd always, you know, worked out together and stuff like that. So I'd worked with her, you know, For for a while at this point, and she's one of those, she was really wanted to learn, and I really, really enjoyed working with her. And she's the sweetest person, you know, she's just super charming. So I enjoy working with them both, and Steve too. I mean, Steve was again, him being from England, we sort of came at the same time to OVW, so he'd been helping me out, you know, getting settled and showing me the ropes of, you know, how to. Just find an apartment and everything like that so there was a friendship there as well with all of us which obviously made it even more fun
0: and after that you kind of moved into a little feud with the bella twins you had a few matches on ecw mm-hmm. and on superstars how is it yeah. working with them when they were kind of
2: sort of new to the main yeah. roster yeah. Um, well they them again they were two girls that really wanted to work hard and really wanted to improve and you know, were happy to take direction and also had great ideas of their own. So that was we always had I think we had good matches.
0: Yeah, definitely. I agree. They were fun to watch. I love the superstar matches. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Um, so,
2: oh God. even though they even though they tricked me almost every time, yeah. <laughs> did you the did, main switch? Yes. Did you feel like um,
0: compared to ECW, you got more time on Superstars, more freedom, or uh, I can't remember. <laughs> I just always personally felt like on Superstars, the women were able to have longer matches. So I was just wondering your opinion on that. <laughs> That's possible.
2: I can't remember, to be honest with you, how long the matches were, you know, comparatively on those two shows.
1: Yeah. So you had mentioned a little earlier that moving to ECW wasn't necessarily a bad thing, especially moving back to a smaller brand. Um, But you were moved back to Raw. What was that kind of like, knowing that there was kind of a shuffle kind of consistently happening?
2: Um, You know, it was good, but then at the same time, nothing really happened when we got there I think no you know other than just random matches I mean in terms of for me my favorite thing about being a wrestler in the wrestling and you know especially say for example my my favorite thing about obw for example um and then tna later I'm sure you'll get to that in a bit um was having consistent storylines you know playing a character and developing a character and thinking how can i go from a to b to c and what's the next step in the story and to have that development and then have that play into the matches Uh, and that's why i was so passionate about our storyline with Boogeyman, for example even though i didn't even wrestle in that and then our our feud with the, the, the hurricane was fun too because we had an ongoing thing you know so then going to raw i mean that was great but i I didn't really have a consistent storyline with anybody at that point. So, you know, I don't necessarily, wouldn't have necessarily preferred to have been on Raw or ACW or SmackDown. You know, for me, it's more about the creative work that I, that I'm able to do as it were. Yeah. Right. So
3: I uh, was a little uh, while after you moved over to Raw the second time, that you would eventually uh, be released from WWE. Uh, yeah. What was that finding out uh, that you, it was uh, time to part ways with the company?
2: Well, mainly relief at that point, to be honest, um, because they really hadn't done anything with me for so long, and I was every week I was getting the phone call of you know oh you know your travel to ignore it you're not going. So that was I was a bit miserable at that point, because I felt like I wasn't I wasn't getting to do anything creatively. And I need that for my sanity. <laughs> so yeah. so then when, when they released me, it was sort of almost a feeling of relief to where I thought, okay, so I can, you know, I'm not one foot in the door and now I'm fully out. So I'll, I'll have to figure out what my ne- next step is or what the next chapter is of my life, but at least I can figure it out now you know, and move forward rather than sort of feeling like I was stagnant. Right.
3: right. And then, and I'm, oh, go ahead. Casey. Uh,
2: shortly afterwards, um, mm.
0: you went to TNA. Did, how did that come about?
2: Uh, well, I'd been a big fan of TNA. I'd been watching it anyways. And I had, eyed it, you know, with great favor. Um, And so when I was released from WWE, I basically called them immediately. (laughs) Partly because I wanted to see if they could help me get a new visa. And then they said, Well, we're not gonna talk to you until your ninety days are up. So then I I set about getting my own visa, like a you know, entertainment or one visa. And then when the ninety days were up, they actually called me back and said, Would you like to come for a tryout? So I went and did a dark
1: match for them and they decided to sign me. So, you know, once you got signed by TNA, I'll be honest, at that point, I had actually previously before that not been watching TNA, but when I found out that you were there, um, I was tuning in more often because I'm hearing about this exciting storyline that's going on. And it's the storyline of winter and Angelina love. Um, thank you. It's honest (laughs) and to be serious. Um, So can you kind of walk us through how that storyline even came about um, and really how it kind of developed?
2: Yeah, well, basically, Vince was so cold and said, I have this idea for a storyline and sort of, you know, set it out. And then we talked back and forth a little bit. And I like to think, you know, that I gave some good suggestions that may or may not have found their way a little bit into the storyline later. Mm -hmm. But it was pretty much, I mean, he pretty much wrote that storyline for me, you know, and I really loved it because it was a little bit, it wasn't, it was more subtle. You know, the writing was quite poetic and and more kind of ghost story than, Mm -hmm. you know, your regular, hey, I'm going to beat you up kind of storyline. So I really, really enjoyed that. And Angelina Love, um, you know, she's such a great talent in the ring, which I found out later after, you know, after TNA, we finally wrestled each other on an indie show. And I went, oh, my God, I didn't know you (laughs) were this good. (laughs) But she's really, you know, she's really great to work with, you know. I mean, in general, and she's such a strong character on TV, and she's got such a strong look and everything. So it was just really great fun to do that.
0: Yeah, and I just thought, like, when you were first introduced, I thought it was so different, you know, mm-hmm. the appearing in the mirror and then nobody seeing you. And then yeah. I remember the time where everyone saw you and it was, like, this huge moment. And it was just yeah. so
2: exciting.
0: Definitely exciting. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's exciting for me. I mean, like I said before, for me, even though I really didn't wrestle that much in TNA, you know, I had more you know matches here and there. But it was mainly just continuing the storyline and the the backstage vignettes and the promos and everything. And that's really always been, dare I say, my favorite part, you know, about wrestling and then having the matches feed into the storyline rather than it be the other way around. So it was really awesome to, to have that.
3: Yeah. Right, and then uh, going from there, uh, we actually fast forward a little bit with your uh, storyline with Angela Love to eventually culminating in winning the Knockouts Tag Team Championships. Yeah, uh, what was that like?
2: Well, it was great. I mean, it was that was my wrestling debut in TNA. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of ran in and then beat somebody up, and, and we lifted the tag team titles. So it was awesome. You know, it was. Not just for a selfish reason to have the title, but just to know also that, you know, they believed in me enough to do that, you know, right off the bat.
1: Yeah, and on that note, that then leads us back to another person that we talked about previously. You come into a feud back with Mickey James. Yes. Um, And that ultimately leads to capturing the TNA Knockouts Championship. And I know, yeah. especially during that time, you were doing The Mist, and things were really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about how it was different from maybe the first time where we saw you against Mickey James at Night of Champions in WWE to yeah. what it
2: was in TNA. Um, uh, Well, I think in TNA... It was a bit of a different thing because there was a, again, you know, the storyline was a little bit, and then my character was, I think, stronger in TNA because I had all that build up and I had a whole story behind me. For sure. And I felt more strongly about my character at that time and I was more, I think, confident in my persona as Winter. And so to have that going into the match is. You know, helped. And then we did the street fight thing that I really
3: loved and all of that. Yeah, I think the street fight was probably one of my favorite matches of that feud with uh, Mickey James and everything, too. So uh, we would see you uh, win the title again. I believe it was at a Hardcore Justice or No Surrender uh, a couple months later. So, Mm -hmm. what was it nice knowing that you are in this position where the company felt like you could carry the division? let alone on multiple occasions, like how did it feel knowing they had your back like that?
2: Well, I was, I mean, it's always an honor, you know, especially when it's a company that you really wanted to work for to begin with. I mean, I'd really, I'd been watching that product for so long and I'd, I'd wanted to get involved. So then to have the opportunity to be there and for them to trust you with that championship, that title, that's always really awesome. And of course, it just—it feels good to have it to hold it in your hand, you know. <laughs> right. You know, uh, you just feel kind of proud of yourself. You feel like, yeah, I did something. Right. <laughs> I accomplished this.
0: <laughs> and then uh, shortly afterwards, you kind of had a little mini feud with ODB and Eric Young. How was that? Did I? Hmm. Did I? Yeah, <laughs> you had a few matches together. <laughs>
2: Uh, Well, you know, ODB I'd worked with in OVW already and she just, I mean, talk about a character in the ring, you know, I don't, it's hardly anybody who has like a, a stronger ring presence and a stronger character than she does. And we always had so much fun working together. So, I mean, she's, that's. I remember, the, to be honest with you, I remember the feud in OVW more than that because we had so much fun. I mean, it was a longer feud, but we had so much fun putting that together. You know, I just remember even this one time that um, we got together at one of our apartments and we made signs for people to hold. You That's know, awesome. For us. And then we had signs and then because I was the heel, I went down and I... You know, the person that was holding her sign, I whipped it up or whatever. You know, so we just we just had such a blast working together always. So, you know, every time you can revisit, revisit something like that, it's awesome. That's awesome. And also,
0: you started out with this group of girls in OVW like ODB, Angelina Love, Serena, mm-hmm. Beth. And you've all come so far. Do you think that the training in OVW... Made you all so good that you all had these great careers, or do you think OVD didn't or OVW didn't have anything to do with that?
2: (laughs) Uh, I think no, for sure. I think OVW had something to do with that because we had El Snow there training us, and even to this day, I'll watch a match and I think, what would else? Well, I think about a match that I had. You know, criticizing it, or i watch somebody else's match and something I might think is a bit awful. And I'll think to myself, what would Snow say? You know, what would he do at this point? Or what would he change? Or what would he criticize? You know, just having him as a mentor and a teacher, I think you really change a lot of people's you know perceptions on on how to build heats and how to build characters and, you know, how to put matches together. So I think that will always, you know, stay with us that we're there and that, you know, and obviously, you know, then I would say that's, that's a sign of, you know, OVW's success for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah
1: now to kind of wrap up tna um unfortunately you had departed from there at least for me as the fan it was unfortunate um can -hmm. you kind of walk us through that process and what that was like
2: well it was a bit strange to be honest um because i we had this big pay-per-view four-way match where i'd walked in a champion and then i lost my title without getting pinned But I did get to spray mist in Karen Jarrett's face. Ugh, blast. (laughs) (laughs) And the next week, it was like it never happened. You know, like spraying the mist in Karen's face was never mentioned again. Yeah, it was Uh, really weird. (laughs) I, I was not part of the championship picture anymore. It was like I was just instantly just another one of the girls I didn't have a gripe with not having been pinned for my you know to try and come back but like I was just kind of out of the storyline so and then I just did a little bit here and there and then I was quietly just gone so I don't really <laughs> I don't have much of an opinion on it <laughs> but it was just a bit you know if I really have an opinion it would be it was just a bit strange I don't exactly know you know why it happened the way it did it was definitely strange, and I was
1: wondering how that kind of happened, because I remember even watching it and being like, wait a minute. Yeah. You know, what just happened? Um, yeah. Especially just because you had such a build throughout that entire time that all of a sudden it just I, went yeah, away. Yeah. Um, very I, unfortunate. I,
2: I, I, think, I think maybe I could be, you know, if I was a conspiracy theorist, I would say maybe I had something to do with Vince Russo's departure at pretty much the same time. You know, because that was his character and his storyline, so maybe they just didn't like it. Hmm. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> so,
1: so then thereafter, you kind of go back to the independent circuit um, mm-hmm. while you're doing some acting as well. What was that kind yeah. of transition like after being on, you know, TNA and then going back to the scene?
2: Uh Well, the thing about TNA was because it wasn't like WWE where they, you know, sort of owned you full time. I was doing some independent work outside of TNA as well, you know, so it wasn't like a harsh transition sort of thing. Sure. You know, and then, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just a – because I thought I'd started on the – I'd been on the independent scene for so long before I even got to WWE. So it's, it wasn't really a, a shock to the system or anything like that. Sure. No, I mean, because you still get to do – You just go in there to do what you enjoy, regardless, you know? That totally makes sense. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. And then um, when you returned to the independent scene, you wrestled Mm -hmm. for FWE for a little while. Um, Yeah. How was that? It was a short-lived company, but I mean, you wrestled there quite frequently, and it seemed like a fun company. The show seemed good.
2: Yeah. Sorry, I lost
0: you for a second. No, sorry. <laughs> uh, I was just saying, uh, FWE. How was your experience working with them?
2: Oh well, yeah, it was. It was really fun. Like you said, it was a really fun show. They had some really great talent there every time. You know, I got to be their champion for a bit. Yeah. So that was cool, and then just getting, you know, to because it was in New York as well. It was in New York City. And then my sister lived there for a while, so I get to see her <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> at the same time. So, yeah, no, it was a, it was a great company to work for. Okay, nice.
0: And then you also um, worked for House of Hardcore. Yeah. Was that um, because you had a relationship with Tommy Dreamer? Did he reach out to you
2: to come in? or? Yeah, he yeah. did. I mean... I don't think I have, other than when I, you know, when I called TNA. I don't think I particularly have reached out to any, you know, promoters um, since then. But yeah, so Tommy Dreamer contacted me and said, "Do you want to be on this show?" And I was like, "Hell yes!" And I got to wrestle (laughs) Jeff, an absolute legend and an icon. So Mm -hmm. I thought, yeah, that was awesome. And it was on a, I think it was same weekend that I was doing FWE. So we would traveled from the one to the other, you know,
3: it was in the same area. So I think that helped as well. Yeah. Nice. And, and, uh, just to go uh, back to some of your uh, more uh, recent independent dates again, you recently wrestled against another uh, fellow TNA uh, knockouts champion and as well as a former WWE star, Lisa Marie Baron <laughs> in a squared circle siren sponsored match. How was that experience like oh. again to square up with Lisa again?
2: kayfabe Faye, but I love her so much. <laughs> <laughs> She is one of the my favorite people in wrestling, for sure. um I'm sure. Well, you know, you've interviewed her. I don't know if you know her personally as well, but she's just such a, a lovely person and so funny and just always so upbeat and fun to be around. And yeah, she's one of. Yeah, she's also a person that I would miss, you know, from hanging around, and also. By the way, she was at WWE when I first came in, and she was one of the people that was super, super, you know, supportive. And she's always so supportive of the new girls, and always helping, and never, you know, I don't know, never trying to hold anybody back. You know, always, always happy for all the girls. You know, and helping helping the cause. She's one of those as well. She's on that team.
0: Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. She's definitely awesome. When we <laughs> interviewed her a few weeks ago. She said that the match you guys had together was one of her favorites in a long time. So, Uh, Yeah, mine
2: too. It was so fun. Uh
1: So on that note, uh, there's another kind of independent company that some of our listeners may know at home, um, Wow Superheroes. Yes. Um, Could you kind of talk about how that relationship started, um, and in particular,
2: um, your character of a temptress? Uh, Yeah, well, you know what? the relationship sort of started a couple of years ago, I think um, Amber O'Neill has, had been working for them and she sort of hooked me up and, you know, talking to them and everything. But then at the time they didn't have, you know, any any shows coming up or they were taking a hiatus or something like that. And then um, I actually saw them advertise on a casting website. Uh, so I actually submitted on this casting website to them, And I went to an audition and told them that I was, you know, a real wrestler. <laughs> 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 and then uh, they took my details and everything. And then maybe like a week later, they they had a show, one of their smaller shows, you know, and they needed an extra girl. So they called me and said, are you available? I said, yes. So I did that show. And then I did another, you know, one of their smaller shows after that. And then this this big show came up. And by this time, I was already sort of in with them. You know, and um, I went to a few training sessions with them because they they also have a lot of girls that aren't that didn't come up through independent wrestling, but that are actresses or you know stunt girls that they are training up.
1: Yeah, um,
2: yeah. So I went and, and trained with them for a little bit, and then we had this you know big show. And actually, the character of the temptress was conceived of by my tag team partner. Uh, Michelle, whose wow name is the Dagger, and she pretty much came up, up with the whole idea with the with the you know for the character, and she, you know brought it to me, and I went, I love it. So, and then they they have costume designers and everything, but I was able to you know help design my costume, and so that was really exciting and fun, and yeah, that's awesome. awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. Um, do you feel like
0: you have more? like, creativity with WoW because you get to help with the costume design and everything, and it's more about characters?
2: Um, I guess we'll see, we'll see. you know. <laughs> um, I think there's definitely room for that. You know, uh, as of now, it was just, you know, the two smaller shows, that was really just – that was before we even I had my character. Mm-hmm. So I just showed up and wrestled. And I actually, on the second one, I, I wrestled – you know, the dagger, my, my now tag team partner, Mm -hmm. um, and you know, we hit it off and then everybody was like, Oh, you kind of look similar. You should be a tag team. So that's how that all came about. And then since then we've had, you know, the one big show, but yeah, definitely. And, you know, I sort of reconceived my entrance and, and things like that. So I think there will be a lot, a lot of room for creativity and, you know, input as well, which is exciting.
0: Awesome. Awesome.
2: (laughs) And
0: um, before we wrap it up, do you have any upcoming show dates? Do you have
2: any films coming out or anything? Well, I'm glad you asked me that <laughs> 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 because as it happens on July 18th, my film, not my film, I'm in it. <laughs> a film that I'm in is called Karate Kill. And it's about to be released on DVD uh, through uh, a really, Petrie petri entertainment. And, It's a Japanese American uh, film, and I play—I play a very evil henchwoman, and it's a really awesome action flick. But it's got a lot of, you know, over the top and tongue-in-cheek humor in it as well. And I actually really love the film, and I recommend it to everybody.
0: Awesome! We'll be sure to watch it. It sounds exciting. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for allowing us to interview you. It's been a blast. Thank you. It's
2: been thank such you a so much. I <laughs> appreciate it. Thanks.
0: Bye. <laughs> Bye.